Welcome to Heads Up on Money, the heads up you need to make better financial choices. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Heads Up on Money. Today's episode is your financial plan, where do you even start? Greetings, fellow money nerds. Welcome to another episode of Heads Up on Money podcast. Um, today's episode, we're talking really about the beginnings of your journey to money well-being, whatever that means to you. And I really wanted to release this episode just as a kind of starter for ten to to really say to you, you know, where where should you be spending most of your time? at the outset of your journey and and what are the key things you should be thinking about before you dive in at the deep end and before you know it get carried away on a strategy that's no longer actually beneficial to your financial plan. I see it in many people, they've got the best intentions, they know they want to get a financial life plan in place but they are crippled by indecision and things like should, should you be saving for a deposit on a house if you've got a deposit and some equity down in a house, then should you be overpaying your mortgage is a very topical area at the moment, given the way interest rates are. Should you be dabbling in the stock market? What kind of company should you be investing in? Should we be trying to grow our money more in the stock market than we do in a bank account? And these are all really valid concerns to have, but before you know it, you're being pulled in one direction, being pulled in the next direction, and as a result, you end up with some kind of inactive plan whereby you just remain ticking along as you've always done. You might be picking up on hearsay from friends and family about what they're doing. You might be reading about things in the news and then making knee-jerk reactions on the back of that or it might be some ludicrous recommendation in the Sunday papers about a hot new company that you should be investing in or a new global financial trend that should have your attention. And, and all this does is it's just distraction news and you need to take a step back and really think about where the priority should be when you're starting out. And it can be challenging at times, I do get that. There's a lot of what we read in the financial media or scaremongering stories, as I call it, that puts us off starting in the first place. It can be daunting, it can be scary, And what then happens is you just put it off until tomorrow. But that is not the way to do it. You need to be addressing these issues head on. And hopefully this podcast will give you some indication as to what should you be starting with and where should you be prioritizing your actions, your time and your money at the outset. And if you have got these foundations in place, it's maybe just about revisiting these to make sure that you're still on track for your own financial plan. And before I get into some of the smaller details and content of the podcast, the first thing I would really say to you is to try and screen out as much of the financial noise in your life as you can. And this is challenging because at the time of recording this podcast, there's a lot of topical issues circling around in the UK media around cost of living crisis and inflation and interest rate increases and Armageddon for homeowners mortgage rates becoming vastly unaffordable and it does become pretty overwhelming. Yes, we're living in a bit of uncertain times, but a lot of things that happen in financial services are very short-lived 
and solid financial plans are built over many, many years, not built overnight. So as financial nerds, we recognize that a solid financial plan looks at much, much longer timeframes and doesn't get preoccupied and distracted by short-term noise in the media. So tune them out, is what I would be saying to you. And now you've got this podcast in your life, you you know that this is the only place you really need for your heads up on your finances anyway. So heed my warning, follow what I'm saying, and you won't go far wrong. So I thought for today's podcast, when we're talking about where should you start, I would begin with a story from some existing clients I've worked with, and this will give you really the, the ideas as to as to where you should be spending your time and your attention. So a couple came to work with me a few years back, and on paper, they appeared to be in a really solid financial position. They both had really good jobs, they were earning healthy salaries, they had a great lifestyle that they were enjoying in the moment, and also saving and investing for the future them, which is really the sweet spot you want with your financial planning, is you want to be enjoying life today, but also safe in the knowledge that you're going to enjoy life tomorrow. And inversely, that works in the principle that you're not saving too much for tomorrow at the expense of enjoying life today, because that just is a dead end and will lead to disillusionment. So they had lots of fantastic things going on in their financial life plans. They owned their home outright. They'd worked hard to pay off their mortgage. They even had a couple of further rental properties and buy-to-let mortgages on those. And they had stocks and shares ISAs, which they saved towards regularly every month. They had separate plans in place for their long-term life plan, which I'm talking about there is retirement. And I'm really averse to using the traditional phrase of retirement planning because I think people often think about elderly individuals stepping back from work and then heading out onto the golf course that's the old misconception as to what retirement looks like and it's a very different landscape nowadays so instead think of your retirement really as just a longer financial plan that's all retirement really is and this couple they were financially astute they recognized that over medium to long time scales they needed to be investing in some higher risk asset classes so they were investing in some of the fantastic companies of the world over vast long periods of time in the hope that their capital would appreciate and and outperform inflation and all of this is fantastic things and phenomenal behavior that we would expect from any money nerd but it's only when we started to probe into the the deeper foundations of their financial plan that you realize that they're actually not doing as well as you think they should be and the reason for that is they had not anticipated where they should start on their financial journey and they didn't have the adequate foundations in place that you will do dear listener after you've listened to this podcast so some of the cracks began to show when we started talking about their regular expenditure and they didn't really see the purpose of this because they were earning a good amount of money and they were saving and investing for the future so what possibly value could we have in 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 probing into their expenditure patterns but it's when we then noticed there was around 400 pounds a month being paid on various store credit cards the couple had a sizable amount of outstanding credit and when we talked about this about as to why they're paying fairly sizable sums every month chipping away at the interest on these they they just said well we could pay these off if we wanted to but we tend to find that 
it's manageable just to pay away at them gradually and we don't really miss the money each month because we're in a good financial position, so why would we? And they were doing a lot of really good things when it came to their income and their expenditure. They were investing a good proportion of their monthly income. They had regular investments set up to occur at the start of every month, shortly after they got paid, so that removed any temptation to spend the money on unnecessary things that weren't conducive to their overall financial life plan. On paper, it appeared they were doing really well. And then I asked them, okay, so what have you got in your cash saving accounts? And it was a grand total of about £3,000. Now, not an insignificant amount of money to most people, but this couple were reasonably wealthy and £3,000 was very low in comparison to their overall wealth. So I asked them, okay, what would you do if you suddenly had to repair the boiler in one of the rental properties or a chunky vet bill landed on your doorstep and their answer well we've got loads saved in investment so if we needed to get our hands on some cash we would just pull some money out of our stocks and shares ISA or pull some money out of our investment bond or whatever it might be and there was the problem is If anything short-term came up, they had very little behind them to meet those expenses. And they didn't seem to think this was an issue because we've been fine thus far, we're doing pretty well in our financial plan. So we moved on from this and we reached the point in our discussion where we talked about some of the less pleasant topics. Things like what would happen if either of them was to pass away or were unable to work on an ongoing basis. So naturally here we were talking about some of the things like insurances and protection policies, whatever you want to call them. And I find in clients previously that people tend to switch off when you talk about things like this because insurance makes us think of things like mobile phone insurance, which of course none of us take out and admittedly two weeks later the the phone falls off the sofa. But no, I think you should be reframing your thoughts around these types of things and not thinking about them as insurance policies or protection policies, but I try and describe them as disaster game planning. So this is basically if if the unthinkable was ever to happen, do you have a disaster game plan in place? And this couple clearly did not. So I put some questions to the couple and said, okay, what would happen if one of you is no longer here? And their answer was, okay, we'd get by because we own our own home. We've got some rental properties that we would sell and we'd clear the mortgages on those and we'd have a good cash buffer behind us. And I pointed out, okay, that the immediate flaw in that plan is that property is not a liquid asset class. And what I mean by that is property cannot be sold down into cash very quickly. We all know that property sales and conveyancing is a long, often arduous process. So getting their hands on money at a very stressful time for the family was not going to be the easiest thing in that plan. Not to mention all the legal fees that would accompany that. And given previous discussions with them identified they had very little in cash savings tucked away, how would they be planning to pay for these fees? Would it also be a case of encashing some of their longer term investments? You can soon see that this is a bit of a domino effect and it has a knock-on through your wider financial foundations of the life plan. So we moved away from the slightly depressing topic of one of them passing away and said, okay, let's assume you have an illness or an injury that meant you were still here, but 
perhaps unable to work? What would that look like for the family? And the answer to that came back very quickly saying, we're okay in that regard. I mean, one of our salaries alone would be more than enough to live on. We're earning good money. We would just curb our expenditure. So they clearly hadn't thought about, okay, what would the wider impact be on the other member of the party? Would they be able to carry on working as usual, as they had done previously, if their partner needed longer-term care at home by not having a disaster game plan in place? The wheels came off very, very quickly. And this is a really important thing that many people don't appreciate and they switch off when it comes to things like insurance and protection products because you tend to think it'll never happen to you but it does happen to people and the risks of not having these foundations in place and the impact that has on your wider financial plan is so so much more drastic than things like the stock market crashing overnight and portfolios dropping by 20 30 percent the kind of things that we read about in the media more often this is a far higher risk to the overall financial life plan and many people don't put this in place. So what can we learn from this story? So this example illustrates that what may appear at first to be a very solid financial life plan can quickly disintegrate when you start to pick away at some of the foundations. And I often liken it to the analogy of a house and if you don't have strong foundations in place, the slightest shake can really unhinge the entire financial plan. So this couple who seemed to be doing very well at first, it quickly transpired that they're saving away money for the long term every month, but at the same time they're paying interest on bad debt. So bad debt here, we're talking about things like store cards, credit cards, broadly speaking anything that is used to fund a depreciating asset. So things like mortgages, student loans, they would be considered good debt because they are beneficial in the long run, you would hope. Whereas the example we used in the earlier story was a store card, which is classically bad debt. When we looked at their emergency cash savings or their rainy day funds, whatever you want to call it, they had very little in place, which would meant in the event that something unforeseen was to happen, they would have to take money from elsewhere in their plan which might not be dependable it might not be realistic in the time scales they need it for and in situations where they start to cash some money they've got invested well what would have happened if the stock market had dropped the night before they would be in cashing a market low so all of this really starts to create a very complicated web and a toxic cocktail for their finances So how do you avoid these mistakes and how do you become a money nerd rather than a money novice? Well, the thing I'd like you to remember is before you start thinking about some of the flashier sides of creating a financial plan, and that's things like dabbling in a stocks and shares portfolio or examining what tax reliefs you can use to save more money or second properties, whatever it might be, Put all that to one side when you're starting out and you need to be thinking about the foundation. And if there's one thing I'd like you to take from today's podcast, it's the word bed. B-E-D. So before you do any of the exciting things, you need to put the following things to bed. And that's bad debts, an emergency fund should be in place, and you need a disaster game plan. If you remember those three things, then that will have an overall 
far more positive contribution to your financial life plan than any of the more exciting things that we distract ourselves with. So it's not the most exciting topic, but it really is the most fundamental and arguably important for your financial life plan. So get the bad debts in order, get an emergency fund in place, get a disaster game plan in place, put that to bed and then focus on the rest. there we have it another episode of heads up on money hopefully by now you've got an idea of where you should start when it comes to your own financial life plans and before we go there's just enough time for a quick silly question of the week and here i'm trying to cover the questions that you're perhaps too embarrassed to ask things that you think you should know the answer to but admittedly don't so this one we've got is if if i sell my house then will i end up paying tax on it So the short answer on this is no, you won't. If your home is your own home and you live in the home and you get enjoyment from the home, regardless of how much it may appreciate over time, you won't pay any form of tax on that property. The tax we're talking about here is capital gains tax and this is covered by a relief called private residence relief. So if it is your own property you won't pay any capital gains tax on the sale. So if you're coming to sell your property and you bought the property back in 2010 and the value was 100,000 and it's on the market now and you end up selling it for 160,000, that 60,000 pounds of profit is not subject to capital gains tax because it's covered by your private residence relief. It's a different story if you're holding second properties or buy to lets as they're commonly known. If it's your own home, you can be safe in the knowledge that whilst you'll pay legal fees, etc. and all the costs and hassle that come with selling your home, you won't have to pay capital gains tax when you do dispose of your home. And on that happy note, we're going to wrap things up for another week. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the podcast and we'll see you next time. (laughs) 